0: This is our first call in on the Concrete Conservative in a long time. All right. Here on WSQF 94.5. You're listening to WSQF 94.5, The Concrete Conservatives. I'm yours truly, Mac, with Ed Vidal. Who do I have a pleasure to speak with? Nice to meet you, sir.
1: Okay, Peter. Good to see you. Thank you for calling. Why don't you tell our audience uh, where, where you're uh, where you're based, and I think I, I read ah, your article in the cool. uh, Raleigh okay. News and Observer. That's
2: awesome. I just called in. Yeah, so my name's Peter Zane, and I'm a uh, uh, columnist, uh, contributing columnist for the Raleigh News and Observer newspaper, uh, and my work also appears in the Charlotte Observer. I am... Uh, they're quote unquote uh, conservative columnists, basically. I'm the uh, the, the other side, of,
3: well,
2: uh, you know, what tends to be a uh, liberal editorial page.
1: Well, you know, next year uh, Manny and I plan to go to Charlotte for the Republican convention.
2: Yeah, well, if they, it, it, I'm pretty sure it's going to go on. There was some effort in Charlotte to uh, not have the Republicans there because the other political party in the United States is so beyond the pale that it's uh, unacceptable for the city to uh, admit such people.
1: No, but they had the uh the Democrat convention there, uh Well like, oh,
2: but the Democrats are benighted, enlightened people who oh, not only come know on. what's best for themselves but for us as well. So you know Well now wait a minute. When
1: the Democrats had their convention in Charlotte they actually booed God Well,
2: you know, there's maybe we're Scott's stance on, uh, you know, pro-life or ABA. Right. I mean, right. you know.
0: Yeah, they um, make, you know, they make a stance before
2: I approve of him. Yep. Or her.
0: Well, what do you think of uh, Scaramucci slamming Donald Trump that we should find our own, we should find a replacement for the guy? looking
1: for a, uh, his own uh, reality show.
0: Not only that, but I think his, his pension fund's going to tank now. People yep. are going to start pulling out of that fund. He's going to regret talking like that. The
1: hedge
2: fund, yep.
0: Uh,
2: Maybe. Well, you know. Activists, Democrats, tend to, you know, look back at protest movements in the 60s. That's where their identity comes from. So they're much better at organizing against people and taking collective action than Republicans. Um, And so you see that time and again where, you know, they're more likely to publish lists of names of people who – Donate to
3: certain candidates and yeah. go out and protest in front of their homes. I mean, that's why they want to do that. That's a big edge that they have in the hate game. Is
0: yeah, it's called Bolsheviks. Yes, they are mob so there rule. Are Bolsheviks and there
2: are Mensheviks, and part of the problem with the uh, modern Democratic Party is there's a hardcore of Bolsheviks, which we've seen. With uh, this is an analogy, of course, they're not actually
0: Bolsheviks. Why not no, say? You know, and in this are. show, yeah, we say right. actually. Yeah, this is radio. This is actually the proof is in the pudding.
2: But but you've got a hardcore of up against the wall people like the squad. And then you have a bunch of and and mostly I would even say a lot of people who vote for Democrats who, you know, sort of support some of their progressive policies but don't really believe that uh, the Bolsheviks will uh, take control one day and uh, because they're so crazy. They're so beyond the pale that's exactly what happened in Russia. There were far more Mensheviks than Bolsheviks, and the Bolsheviks out them, and one of the first groups they went after, after they got rid of everybody else, was the Mensheviks.
0: Now, I, I do have uh, an opinion about that. What what credence do you give to the fact that the Mensheviks uh, did not have the backing of the American Red Cross and the food lines that precipitated the takeover of the Soviet Union at the time? Russia knew it it, its leaders, its communist leaders, knew there was going to be famine uh, as soon as they took power and got rid of the czar. And the Mensheviks weren't crazy about getting rid of the czar, and the Bolsheviks were. What credence is there that the United States, the Bolsheviks on this side of the pond, uh, funded the American Red Cross through the Bolsheviks, not through the Mensheviks, and therefore the, the Bolsheviks got food, Mensheviks didn't, and basically led to their demise and imprisonment. That's a good one, huh? Oh, that's very interesting. I've got to tell you, I have sitting on my uh,
2: nightstand uh, Richard Pipes' history of the uh, Russian Revolution, uh, and I'm like 80 pages into it, and uh, it is an astonishing book. It is so well written. It is, I mean, I don't know enough about it to know that he's right. I assume he is. He's a top scholar, but I really, so far, just getting, reading that book a little bit, I'm well, when, highly you, recommend it. when
1: you finish reading it, you will have to call back and tell us the an- analogies you see to America today. Oh, well, I mean, you know,
0: one of the things that you see is that there's... A- there's food lines in San Francisco and L.A. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean,
2: you, you know, time and again, you see the cities that are run by Democrats for whatever reasons tend to have high crime, great inequality... All the things they say they oppose are the problems that they create.
0: Absolutely. And in fact, we have a guy
2: who teaches at uh, the University of North Carolina, uh, Michael Jacobs, uh, who has studied the uh, town of Chapel Hill, which is uh, one of the most progressive communities in North Carolina. And they have instituted all the progressive policies, so they have no big box stores there. They've got all of these water-saving regulations. Green
0: this and green that. And they also have the Cuban Revolution Cafe right there in front of the campus. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Wait till you see that place.
2: Have, uh, good sandwiches there?
0: Pork sandwiches? Um, I haven't eaten there because I wouldn't. <laughs> I would probably, you know. They
1: have, they have the only vegetarian Cuban sandwiches. But,
0: yeah, it's the really grotesque um, murals of Camilo Sin Fuegos, Che Guevara, Fidel Castro. He wasn't a bad guy, Camilo. Uh, he uh, was killed
1: by Fidel for not being a Oh, he
0: wasn't a bad guy. guy for being a communist before everybody else. No, oh, no. God. Uh, see, this is what we have on this show. He, he, there's some sides of him. He just came from California, and he, I asked him yeah. if he drank the water before we started the show. Right. And he admitted that he drank Simi Valley water, and because oh. he was at the Reagan Library, I thought he was going to be okay. And look, he just threw a, a progressive no, firebomb no, on no, me. No, 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 no. But, ah. but Camilo saying- Sin Fuego was some nice guy. Come on. No,
1: everybody no. should
2: go to the Reagan Library. Yes. Uh, that is a... Yes. i mean the view is incredible and you go there and you know one of the things i went on a trip with my mom a couple of years ago there and you know i think reagan was a inscrutable in a lot of ways not what he stood for politically but just as a, as a person as a man i think he you know was hard to read and you go to that library and you don't learn a lot about him but you feel his love for the american people yep belief in it and it's really a museum that doesn't celebrate him as much as it celebrates the the country that he loved and i just it was really you you almost cry (laughs) when i did almost
1: it's just a beautiful well we went there a couple of weekends ago and we thought we'd be there for a couple hours we were there for five hours
2: Communism and all you can do is sit on like a, a hard wooden
3: box. Right. Yep. <laughs> oh,
0: that's a fantastic effect there.
1: Yeah. No, that was good. That was good. It's funny because every president since Herbert Hoover has ha- has a library and museum operated by the National uh, Administration of uh, National Archives and Records Administration (NARA), except Barack Obama. He is not having his archives and records gathered by the NARA in a library.
0: Why when would he? It's all evidence a, against him got for the presidential crimes. a
1: center. It's not a library and there's no museum. It might have some of uh, Michelle's dresses. And I think that's a real tip off that he's trying to cover his tracks.
0: How about her jo- a jock strap? No, no, Is, no. that's going to go in the museum too. Michelle. <laughs> Michael's uh, hey, uh
2: and I think he got the land for a dollar.
1: Right. Yeah, Chicago it's a, well, We we, we have good friends land, in Chicago. Yeah. Special cases, yeah. I don't know. We have good friends in Chicago that are fighting it in court, and they lost at the federal uh, district court level from an Obama-appointed judge, of course, and now they're taking it to the Seventh Circuit with a, a very excellent uh, law professor, one of my former law professors, Richard Epstein, who, wow. is, who okay. is, has taken on the case. Yeah, he's a fellow at the Hoover Institute, and he's a longtime University of Chicago professor, now retired, and he has taken the case since, so I expect good things
2: people with a little courage that, you know, stand up in the face of, uh, you know, the really relentless efforts to silence, shame, and marginalize people who don't toe the line. And I personally, I don't think, uh, you know, I didn't agree with Obama. I don't think he's, you know, was the the worst guy in the world, in my opinion. But, you know, just the, the, I'm a journalist, and just the lack of any serious Coverage, right. of who he was, and what he did, uh,
0: is it's just—it's hard to have a republic right. when you well, have a, a, a
3: press that is wholly uninterested
2: in digging
0: into one side. Well, but yeah, I mean, don't you feel he had contempt for the country, though? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that apology tour in his first year That's out was it. really distasteful.
2: Well, I, you know what I mean. I—I don't—I didn't agree with him. Um, I don't agree. and I think their vision is getting darker and darker when they're claiming now that our president is a white supremacist. I think that that's just beyond ugly and divisive. But, you know, Obama was a man of the left, and the left, I think, I think you could be generous and say that they have a view of America that's different than ours, that they love it in a different way than we do.
1: Well, if if you Um, look at Obama... he was elected. He was the only—we've there were we've had a Democrat president. Clinton was kind of a centrist, a moderate. Uh, Gore was more—went to the left and lost. Kerry was a leftist. Hillary was a leftist. And all of them lost. I think Obama was able to win because so many Americans are embarrassed about how America has treated Africans. And so they gave him the benefit of the doubt. And voting for him was like atoning for their individual sin of— racism and white privilege, and America's collective sin of slavery and segregation, although they were Democrat Party policies. So Obama was able to to get a left-wing socialist progressive administration twice, whereas these other guys failed. So that's what endears Obama to the left, I think.
2: Well, okay. I mean, I, I, I generally agree with you. I think he won because it's hard to get a third term or a party, and you had two terms of Bush. Yep. You had a disastrous right. war, even though he turned it around at the end. And yep. Whatever, we're, we don't, we're not going to relitigate Iraq. And then you had, you know, the meltdown. Right. Uh, that I don't think that I, I would actually attribute more to Democrat policies right. than Republican policies, but, you know. When a it guy was on his watch. And the country is in free fall. Right. Uh, and the man who is, uh, you know, Standard bearer to replace him, John McCain has no idea how to respond. Suspend his campaign. You remember that right. he
1: suspended "Yeah, no, his I campaign, remember campaign, completely." Right. The yeah. problem
2: and had not. I mean, so Obama won under, and then Obama also. Uh, one of the things that you you do see is that he had really inclusive rhetoric, right, and was thoughtful, you know, on the campaign trail. And then when he got into office, uh, he he turned. Right. And and this is what we were going to talk about. Uh, You know, the funny thing is, is that he looks moderate now compared to the uh, velocity of the change in the Democrat Party.
1: Absolutely. Well, you got to realize that after he was elected in February of oh nine, Newsweek published a cover story saying we're all socialists now. And I think the, uh, the 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 candidates for 2020 believed that cover story. They think that America has become a European-style social-democratic leftist country, and I think the facts are that we're still kind of a center-right country, and that's what do you think of that as the reason why these uh, the Democrat uh, presidential candidates are just way too far to the left?
3: They will,
2: because I think we're close yep. um, you know I, I would say that uh, you know our country has changed a lot not just in the last 10 years and what you've seen and one of the reasons you asked me to come on was this research that uh, people have done showing how uh, rich white liberals in particular have become far more uh, moved far more to the left than uh, in the last 15 years than Any other group. So the people who are the intelligentsia of the Democratic Party uh, have uh, embraced uh, very liberal policies uh, and left-wing ideas that were beyond, uh, you know, acceptable ten years
0: ago. I mean, ten years ago, no one was talking about giving illegal immigrants free health insurance. And why? Why do you think it's that? I think it's just because uh, the average American is more poor, more in debt, more. Uh, more illiquid, and therefore the policies of the left have to match. They
1: appeal to him.
0: Yes, because they realize that even in the upper, even in, in our upper classes, you know, we're in debt to the hilt. I mean, it's just it is what it is. The devalued currency it manifests itself in government policies when all of a sudden the Democrats mm-hmm. go. I always, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, of the affiliation that I think the. The left is more left. I, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think anything has changed. I think they've always been this way. They're just pronouncing is it. it. it they're just louder now because they're social media and all. But I think they always have been really, really mm-hmm. socialistic, communistic in their ways because in their behavior, in their literature, in, in the way they, they produce all types of programming, the way they print their newspapers, the fact that they own these newspapers – you know the publishing families. There are very few of them. There's what? There's five publishing houses, and they're all left. Um, I don't know. I don't really believe they've gone more left. I don't find Bill Clinton to be uh, a centrist. I believe he was forced to the center because of Newt Gingrich's contract with America. So, and,
1: and success of uh, Ronald Reagan. I mean, now
0: he was conservative in one ma- manner when he bombed the hell out of Serbia well, and was, Bosnia. Was, yeah, but hey, yeah. that's commander in chief. That's, you know, hey, Obama didn't do any of those right. things. That's true. So, I, you know, I give credit when it's due, when I see a clear, uh, when I see a, a clarity in terms of loving America and keeping it as the number one power in the world because, you know, we are securing the, the oceans out there. I mean, people don't realize that America is out there on the shipping lanes guaranteeing goods right. from continent to continent, and that's on our have so the rest of the world is pretty much can kiss our grits because right. you know they're just well, okay so i am not I, I would disagree with you i think that
2: they have uh let's say publicly moved to the left so i would agree with I, i'm not going to dispute that maybe privately they they had these uh, these ideas
0: but yeah they've been wanting to go single player since the 50s <laughs> they just didn't achieve it until now
2: <laughs> right but i On moved into that column, um, and I think that uh, I'll just give you just two quick observations because it's too big a topic to really handle here, and I'm just a journalist, so I probably wouldn't have the answer anyway. <laughs> but, you know, one is you can't dismiss uh, schools, education, uh, our top colleges in particular that train the people that go run everything uh, have moved far to the left in the last thirty years, and we see that in a million issues. The other thing I think that's a really sort of an interesting little insight that I uh, read somewhere is the impact of global warming. And what I mean by that is uh, climate change and global warming uh, is now taught in all of our schools, all of our kids, and this is something a lot of people focus on.
0: Yeah, the the, pre, well, the premise yeah. that the human being can can well, alter say, the temperature yeah. of the planet is pretty ludicrous. So what, so what we
1: that's say that's about environmental so extremists they, is climate that...
2: Climate change. So all i say is they, they really teach climate change. Right.
0: Oh, and single parents and single parenthood. Who are not, you know,
1: expected to take care of themselves. Well, Peter, what we say here is that it's something they say in Europe for a while. Environmental extremists are like watermelons; they are green on the outside and red, socialist red, inside.
0: And and seeds between their teeth. Right. Sounds like Bolsheviks to me.
2: Where were you five years Or, or you think about transgender, which is an incredibly complicated issue. Um, and I just know that it went from people who knew nothing about transgender issues to literally the next day they're saying, you know, a, a 13-year-old should have the right to demand uh, sex reassignment surgery.
1: Unbelievable. Consultation of their
2: parents. It's like,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah.
1: whoa, whoa. A, a host on... Uh, access hollywood mario lopez was apparently fired because he said that uh young kids like uh, you know uh, three or five-year-olds should not be talked, uh, be considering uh changing their gender and he got in big trouble for that
2: and, and i mean that's you know i i i think that i'm not a doctor i don't know enough about it i'm sure that there are you know some people who
0: you know, but there are no reasons. Yeah. The only the only reason you can tell the only thing you can tell a child who wants that is, a, honey, no. honey, I got you an appointment to see a psychologist. You're going to be talking. Mm. You're going to be talking to them, and you listen to what they're saying and do what they say. Yeah, that's a good first step. And it may turn out that at the end of the day, the person truly to be happy for whatever reason needs sex reassignment. We had a terrible story here.
2: I remember, and I'll give you another example. When I was uh, uh, starting out as a reporter in 1985, I wrote a column about what was then called gay rights. I wrote in support of gay rights. And my editor, who was a Yale-educated man who fancied himself an intellectual, said, well, I can't publish this. And I was like, why? Does it not make sense Or He goes, oh, no, well, people will think you're gay. (laughs) Okay. So whatever, and maybe he was... I mean, I didn't care, and maybe he was correct about that or whatever. But So we go in literally 25 years from a guy like that, that's his view, to not only must you you know, support same-sex marriage, um, but transgender and everything without any thought. It's like just this is what you must do. Go down the checklist. No discussion, no debate. I happen to support same-sex marriage. Uh, but I, it just... You know, you can't have a culture where you're not allowed to talk about things.
0: Well, how long will it be before the left says they're coming up with no sex marriage?
1: Well, that that may where be... you can just
0: hold hands and you can't no. you can't do well, anything.
1: Peter, I think we draw the line at a movie that was scheduled to be released next month, mm-hmm. which is called The Hunt. I don't know if you've seen the trailer. I have. Okay, so that's. Uh, why don't you tell us about that?
2: Well, it's funny because right before I. Came online, a friend of mine who's a reporter in Washington called me and said, oh man, you know, this movie, because uh, they evidently shot it down in Louisiana. So it's kind of funny that uh,
3: Louisiana made a deal to... The
0: swamp, the real swamp. There, <laughs> where Hollywood people come and kill
2: a bunch of people who seem like they're from Louisiana.
3: Right. Um, but, right, so the gist of it, see, the, the, the gist of it is, is
2: that a bunch of rich people for sport shoot poor people and specifically they seem like they're people from uh, red states.
1: Deplorables.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the deplorables, blue-collar women without college education. Yeah, we get But I don't know whether the movie is meant as a
2: uh, dissing, you know, the entitled rich, or is a fantasy of the entitled rich.
1: You it's know? a warning. <laughs> it's a warning. This is what they want to do.
2: Maybe, well, you know, there, there were, I mean, it's kind of funny, but when George Bush was president, Nicholson Baker, who is a very distinguished, uh, accomplished novelist, wrote a a novel about a man who was planning to assassinate President George Bush.
1: Right. And there was a play about it, too.
2: I mean, can you (laughs) just, they have one set of rules for themselves and what civility is,
0: and you know you know well, why don't we just why don't we just call it what it is? They're a bunch of liars. well that's part of it. Yeah. They're just well, uh, you know what I liars saying? and thieves. They just want to steal stuff and they want to lie why, why they they want to lie about why they want to steal and they're definitely going to lie about how much they stole. So they're liars, just compulsive liars and I think what happens is that we overanalyze them for something that really doesn't exist. They're just people who lie. This is who they are. If you a well, parent necessarily
2: disagree with you. I think that, uh, you know, as people of the left, they feel that it's okay, that they feel that they have the right intentions, and they have an ideology that is at odds with human nature. I think one of the problems that I consistently have with uh, with people on the left, and most of the people on the left I know, you know, are upper middle class uh, white people, to be honest, is that they their view of life does not take into account uh their own desires and actions and so the perfect example of that is uh busing and joe biden got all caught up in that again but it's like you know a lot of these people who supported integration but then they send their kids to private schools why do they send their kids to private schools because they want their kids to have the best education that they
0: can Yes. You know,
2: and they're not willing to say, well, I'm going to send my kid as an experiment to, you know. Uh,
0: yeah, doctor. I'm going to have them bust three hours at, away no, from our yeah, home.
2: They're <laughs> not terrible. willing to do that. And Busting it's
0: like no parent is. No parent wants That's them. the same with the uh, weapons. You know, they're they're surrounded by uh, armed guards, yeah. but they don't want us to defend ourselves. They, they But they want to walk around with guards. Right. I mean, all these Hollywood types. Mike Bloomberg. They're producing movies that, sh- that are shooting deplorables, but they don't want us to have weapons. I mean. Uh, what's
3: his face? Had you know, bourbons or whatever, take him to the gym every morning. I mean, at the very
2: least, at the very least, take the subway, if you care that much about climate change. But it's like, no, it's inconvenient, and I'm the mayor, and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, I get it. You know what? I I, I don't begrudge you having two homes. I don't begrudge you driving everywhere when you could take your bicycle. But then don't point your finger at me. That's all I'm saying, is that, you know, human beings, you know, we want comfort, we want ease.
0: You know, sometimes we do things that— How about you know, we, we work really hard to have these things? Yes. And,
2: and, and, and you know, the, the idea that somehow, well, I'll do it when we force everybody else to do it, too, is not a moral stance. I actually wrote a column, uh, This is one I was actually uh, slightly proud of, uh, a couple of years ago about climate change. And what I said was that the left is constantly going after the founding fathers for owning slaves. Uh, And a lot of founding fathers, in fairness, knew that slavery, human bondage, was wrong. But they were born into a world in which their entire community, their entire wealth, their entire lifestyle depended on slaves. If you were George Washington, you couldn't run Mount Vernon without slaves in that day. And if you freed all your slaves, chances are that you would then be a pariah, maybe not George Washington, but to your community. In other words, it had immense costs. Okay, but somehow we expect these people to turn their back on the only life they knew because slavery is wrong. Meanwhile, the global warming people don't just tell us that global warming is a uh, moral problem. It's an existential crisis. Like if we don't do something about global warming, we're all
0: going to die. So on that level, it's a much worse problem. And it's such a big lie.
2: work, not go on vacation, only be a vegan. I mean, in other words, if you honestly believe this, you know,
3: you want this guy to, like, sell his slaves, but you won't even stop eating meat. (laughs) That's right. Al Gore. it won't make any difference. Well, if James
2: Madison had freed all his slaves, it wouldn't have ended slavery. So, you know, the incoherence of their arguments, their lack of understanding of, of human beings, their lack
0: of empathy in a lot of ways is... You know, well, I call it—I call it a political bipolar disorder. I—I <laughs> I believe that they are so bipolar, and it's—it's it's a form of hypocrisy. But when you think about their policies, they always negate the fact that what they used to represent. Like, for instance, the people who were saving the trees back in the day made us get rid of the paper bag at the win, at the supermarket, oh, yeah. and then came the plastic bag that. Which is worse. Which is worse. Now they're back to uh, paper straw. So we're back to paper again. Why? I don't know. Um, They fight for these endangered species, uh, uh, the bald eagle and all these, uh, you know, endangered birds. And then 20 years pass by. Now they're promoting and advocating for wind power. And it's killing all the birds. So that's total bipolarity. Uh, They... They uh, support and advocated Social Security, uh, create the make uh, the federal government retire us with our own money because it's not like retiring us with their money; it's retiring us with our money. And then all of a sudden, they realize that with Social Security, they've also promoted abortion to the degree of fifty-four million and counting. And there's less affluence today to pay for Social Security tomorrow because the birth rate is negative. That's bipolarity. That's political bipolar disorder. And that's. Hey, I would-
2: data that I've seen, I think that a lot of the, you know, the the embrace of the the left, and there's obviously one is, uh, you know, from very wealthy people at top uh, who are virtue signaling and they don't want problems, and it's just easier to be a virtuous little left winger. But I think for, you know, day-to-day Americans, I don't actually think that they're doing worse than they were 20 years ago. I actually think life is better.
0: Not only that, but the quality of our waters is 10 times, 100 times better than it was in the 20s and 30s yeah. when well, cattle, when ca- dead cattle was being thrown in the into the Mississippi River. Yeah, uh, I don't feel like, I, don't, I, I actually think that, that,
2: that uh, the standard of living continues to rise. And I think that one of the strange dynamics there is, is that 2008 taught people that it can disappear, at least momentarily, that they felt fragile and vulnerable protection because of that. And then ironically, also, one of the things is when you don't have anything, when you ain't got nothing, you got nothing to lose. If you really uh, don't have anything, you don't worry so much. You know, when you have something, then you're afraid you're going to lose it. So one weird aspect of, uh, you know, this move to the left is this belief among people that Oh well, I I could lose what I have at some point, and so I want protection from that, and I deserve it. I'm entitled.
0: Well, that that point is a very solid point that you uh, because Ed and I are from Cuban American ancestry, and all and our parents were panicked to go poor. I mean, they came here, and man, my father was so fearful of being as poor as he was in Cuba that he saved every penny in all these years and he died in uh in 2013 and he really left a, a considerable amount of money for his children he he really was the american dream because he, what you said he he had something man and he so feared losing what he had and he he said only he would always say only in america only in america only in america uh, can I do what I did here? And my father, you know, didn't finish the seventh grade. I mean, he was a kid from the streets, and he, only in America could he could live the little dream, dream the little dream. Ed Vidal has the my, same my, thing, but he. he... Was my
2: family. My my uh, father was the first generation of Italians born here, and he left work. Uh, he went. He left school in the uh, during the Depression. Sure. Working Rhode Island, and he would watch the people, what fork they used, how they broke their bread, what music did they listen to, what books did they read. You know, he had, he had aspirations to,
0: uh, you know, better, better himself. and he worked hard, and nobody ever gave him anything until
2: his death. He was working 16-hour days in the uh, movie business, and he, you know, realized his dreams and gave me a much easier life.
1: Yeah, well, the th- they invested in human capital, as economists would say. That's the
3: key.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. they also they also were curious and resourceful, and uh, I believe our public school system has pretty much nullified right. yeah. people's desire to be resourceful and curious,
1: self reliant.
0: Yeah, you you actually want to you have to want things and you want to pursue yeah. things and is, educate is, yourself is to real find war things
1: against self reliance
0: and trial and error. Yeah. There's a thing about kids are out. delusional in thinking that they're going to come up with a video and it's going to go viral and they're going to get rich on it. I mean, come on. And I see that, and we don't fix our school system, and every time someone proposes it, he gets corralled. I, I say that, and I increase the volume, just for you know. Uh, I, I'm a school advocate here in Florida, and I used a law that was uh, for the first time in Florida history, so I come with a certain uh, cocky gravitas because it was okay. a terrible experience. Yeah, it was a harsh experience. And I said, you know, I I put my daughter up to abuse in in the fifth grade to do it. And nothing became of it. My own Republicans uh, sabotaged uh, the the reinvention of our school system here in Florida. So uh, I realized that if we don't do something to reinvent ourselves, and I don't believe in the word reform, that uh, that's what's coming. Uh, We have to End this uh, interview now because uh, I can't tell you. Big shot coming up. (laughs) Yeah. I really
2: uh, appreciate it. I'll just just say one quick thing is that you know we can't fix the schools until we fix the parents.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh. That means that'll that'll never happen because what's coming now are you know one guy, uh, two lesbians, and somehow the guy's just there to reproduce, and and the two two lesbians love each other. That's hey, hey but, it's um, called a triple. But it's not a couple, guys, it's a so triple. I really appreciate
1: it. All right, thank you very much, and we'll have you back. And in any event, we'll see you in Charlotte next
2: year. There you go. I'll look forward to it. We'll have a Cuba Libra. Yeah, All right. Thank you.
0: Thank okay. you for your time. Right, thanks, guys. Bye-bye. So there you have it. I, I think it's really hard for us to fathom how worse it can get. Well, and we'll although see. we're having these momentary victories, they're not really— solid victories I mean because Trump is doing all the work all the heavy lifting you know he's doing all the heavy lifting but when we talk to people they don't really get how bad it is and how well, worse it can Donald get does. and when we remind them they, they're they in shock ask him he'll tell you this is WSQF 94.5 on the Concrete Conservative with Ed Vidal and Mac on the Rock how can I help you and you're live on the radio Who do I have the pleasure to speak with? This is is Frank Mealy up in Montana. Oh, 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 in the free country.
1: Thank you, Frank. Welcome. Thank you for calling. You had a really good column today in uh, Real Clear Politics.
4: Thank you. Appreciate
0: that.
1: Why don't you tell us us about it?
4: What have you been talking about so far on the show?
0: Well, I think we're trying to understand. Um, I was trying to gauge how conservative the caller was. Ed was trying to uh, convince the caller that he was more conservative. And then it turns out that I'm the most conservative. So we, okay. we just basically realized that in the world of journalism, there's, uh, there's something that me, an, an exception because I'm not in journalism, so I'm going to exclude myself from my comments. But there is a weighing of subject matter and how to present it. And uh, the virtues of liberalism are completely hypocritical and bipolar. And I just call them liars, period. And I keep it simple, stupid. Um, so i that's where we went with it. And we went around in a circle. We pretty much were all in agreement, but there was a difference of degrees of what it's going to become of America if the left wins again.
4: Right. Well, I mean, we I, I was thinking about exactly this when I was driving home to call you the the weird thing is we're living in this alternate universe right now that shows us exactly what life would be like if we if we were had the misfortune to be returned to the era of liberal insanity um, you know and I, I was I was wondering about you guys and how you feel about it coming from Cuba and and, and to, to, you know knowing what has been fought there and then watching this you know
0: yeah better version of it here yes
4: yeah but 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 the way the rhetoric has become so uh divorced from reality you know if the great leader says it, it must be true you know it's it's like you know these these accusations that fly you know that was what my column was about today It was just this this uh hysteria that the democrats have whipped up against trump uh in the wake of the the shootings and it is as if they have completely forgotten the you know the fundamental basis of of our of our country
0: and how it works as a republic well we but also we same. also are to blame mm-hmm. because notice what our republican brethren are doing they're not standing and fighting right. look look how 46 congressmen bailed in 2018 they gave these people a lifeline
1: well, you got to realize, Frank. Stand and fight, what man. The, what the Democrats are doing now in, in making all these allegations about racism are not very different from their allegations about Russian collusion. So they're just going from one lie to another, or
0: from one chaotic situation to another, regardless. Yeah, of the lie, the big lie. That's all they are. They're just big liars. Tucker
4: Carlson keeps pointing out that you know that the the only thing that drives liberals is the, the desire for power. And they yes. will say or do anything to get it. And it's scary. I mean, you know, the whole thing with McConnell, uh, right. being surrounded, and whether you like McConnell or not, the the fact that this 77-year-old man has to has to sit in his, his house after, you know, breaking his shoulder, and he's trying to recuperate, and his house becomes surrounded
0: by people, you know, chanting that he's a murderer. And that, yeah, the Bolsheviks. They
3: think he's a murderer. Who's
0: to stop them from going in there and dragging them out and hanging them up by his neck? You know, well, McConnell's an AK, an AR fifteen, an AR fifteen. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's really, it's really outstanding, and in its in, in in the in the creation of the myth, and nobody can nobody really can lambast the liar these days because everybody's in cahoots. And uh, well, for instance, you're in you're media. appalled, yeah, you're appalled by McConnell of situation, but. We already have forgotten that his other Kentucky senator was beaten down in his front yard. Rand Paul Paul was—they beat the took us out of the guy. He was in the hospital.
1: They had to take part of his lung out because the bones got in. he just had surgery.
0: Yeah, that's some serious stuff, and yet we we have these short memories. Now, if we really took this in as conservatives— why would 46 congressmen not run for re-election? Because cowards. they took that the was money and November
1: ran. Last year, and, what happened was and now there's the eight Democrats, congressmen in Texas doing the, the same. The Democrats were claiming Russian collusion, and so it scared a lot of rhinos, starting with Paul Ryan, and they backed off. I'm not sure what's happening now in Texas. There are several people in Texas that are backing down. Will Hurd is one right. of them. We'll see.
4: I, I keep reading, you know, the... The drumbeat of, of stories from the national media saying Texas
1: is in play—you know the Democrats can. It is true. Texas. There's something to it, it, that.
0: There's something to be and, said and about the that. Problem absolutely. In
1: Texas is not the transplants because, in fact, yeah. a greater percentage of transplants voted for Cruz than for Beto. The problem in Texas is all these Anglo millennials that are falling, and we were talking. And about
0: Hispanics?
1: Peter, well, Hispanics are part of, it, but they don't show up as much. But Anglo millennials that are are self-loathing. Uh, that's what uh, Peter Zane had written about, the, the, the first caller. And they're the ones that really are pushing uh, Beto and whoever else. And I think John Cornyn is going to have a tough race. But, you know, you got to stand up to him. And you're right. Several Republican congressmen, four of them in Texas, have already stepped aside.
0: I, I thought it was double that number. Or maybe or in there was... Texas, there are four. Yeah, okay. And
1: there are more around the country, like eight or ten.
0: Now the, the 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 what I'm suggesting and the basis for this show, uh Ed might uh disagree with me, but uh that's what we have him here for, is that what what we really what we really lack uh in the conservative movement is bona fide real huge ideas so that we can stay away from the liberal rhetoric that we shouldn't even be answering to because it's completely politically bipolar. And I propose I propose these huge ideas. I wrote a book about it and until you all get on board, we're going to lose this thing again. We have to have huge ideas. I'm talking about like completing the Panama Canal kind of ideas. You know, that was pretty bold of the Theodore to say, "You know what, French, let us finish this." And look it changed the dynamics of this side of the world, the the the, the dredging of the Panama Canal. Don't you agree?
1: At that yeah, time, It's yeah. just an example.
0: Okay, well, I come up with these other ideas for the southern border, and I was, uh, Ed knows this of me, I was uh, very involved in the Ted Cruz campaign here locally, and I was his Uber when he was here in Miami for the debate, so I had plenty of face time with him. And, uh, you know, I had to abandon Jeb Bush, who was close to my family, and I had to abandon Marco Rubio, who I supported in 2010. So there was a certain amount of gravitas I had in doing this, only because he, not only was he, of, of course, uh, of... Cuban American descent, which is what me and Ed are both uh that's how we met but I thought for sure he would support my idea for the southern border that's much better than anybody else's idea, and Mexico will pay for it and I thought for sure that someone would at least give it a shot Man, we're losing this battle with these people well,
1: talking about big ideas talk about let's talk about gun control why yeah. aren't you
0: why aren't you stopping for one second allowing no, me to course. tell him the big no, let's, idea let's see what he's got jeez, can you believe this all right. <laughs> okay. Okay, if Ted Cruz is represents 1300 of 1900 miles on the southern border and we know that these rickety fences eventually rot and you can build a 30-foot fence and there'll be a 32-foot ladder to climb over it, why is it that we cannot turn the 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 actual border and the 100 yards on each side into a railway, elevated railway moving cargo, not people, from San Diego to Brownsville with literally electronic tunnels running underneath the uh, concrete bulwark, and no one has to talk about illegal immigration. It's about moving cargo, and Mexico gets cargo on their side. We get cargo on our side, and our natural gas pipeline is running through the bulwark. So now we're moving what do you natural think, gas between Gulf of Mexico and the Pacific Ocean.
1: What do you think, Frank?
0: Oh, he's silent. I mean, well, it's, it's, Frank it's, wants to hang up the phone. Oh, and guess what? The American people get to own it. Conservative, it won't go anywhere,
4: though. So we've got to deal with that.
0: Well, to think about it, look what we have to deal with now. All this talk about building a wall, and we can't get it funded. We're talking about illegals. Kids are dying in the river. Uh, people are storming the the entry points. We've uh, accepted. Uh, we accepted. Could be funded privately. It could be a private. Absolutely. Company. I told that to Heidi Cruz. It was Goldman Sachs. She and, goes, My God, that would that would be an idea I could propose.
4: <laughs> here, here's, here's the, here's the uh, analogy that shows what you would be up against. They can't get that pipeline built, you know, that would be a simple process to go from Canada to, to Louisiana yeah, and that's Texas. That's still being worked and on. The, you know, the reason is because the left is so adept at putting up roadblocks, in this case environmental, and, you know, they're, they're masters in the court system, and you would be tied up with your proposal. I mean, in fact, it would be on the border, and it would be, uh, it would be
0: um, you know, blocking transfer of habitat, wildlife. Well, guess what? The Federal no, Powers Act.
1: No, 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 because there's all these federal judges appointed by Obama and Clinton that are out there stopping these with national injunctions
0: okay so what happened yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with any of that but there's three laws that doesn't allow a judge to impede it which, which allows it. the executive branch because it's the border to do it all by executive action. okay first well, you, of all you could take
4: you could take executive action for security I don't know if you could take it to ensure the transfer of, of property from Brownsville to San Diego.
0: Yes, you can if it's weapons that you're, and weapons, tanks, and missiles and rockets that you're going to be putting on this train as well for your own national defense. I have it all figured out in my website. It's called the Great Wall of Will. You can read it. And people, you know, roll their eyes as my co-host is doing now. And he doesn't realize he's from the generation that gave me the problem and now I'm passing on the generation that's giving it to my children and he's still rolling his eyes. And meanwhile...
4: Well, I'll, I'll take the Great (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, with, with or
4: without high-speed uh,
0: transport. No, not high-speed. See, you win high-speed on me. That's yeah. implying passengers. Cargo. cargo, cargo freight. Natural gas-powered okay. freight train. Yeah,
3: sorry.
0: Yes, and it would connect cities and create the poor cities in the nation will be connected to the richest city in the nation, oh, San Diego and Brownsville. You
1: should take that to uh, Marco Rubio. He's looking for an issue.
0: And he was the first person who was given it, it was given to, and he had the same rolling eyes, and guess what? He's a has been senator. I yeah. gave it to Ted Cruz, and he told me, "My God, that's gonna be has got to that's gonna cost five hundred I like, go, oh, "No, five hundred and sixty billion dollars. Think about that." But how how? That's only five years of what illegal immigration it's costs.
1: Done by the private sector in terms of funding. How much is rural.
0: illegal immigration cost?
1: Sixty seven billion every year. In,
0: more, uh, more, more like a hundred.
1: In welfare, in welfare. How yet? about
0: in emergency? How about in prosecutions? How about in crime?
1: Well, Have you guys talked about
4: the fact that the, the Trump administration today announced the changes in the green card?
0: Right. See, that'll be what we're talking about well, right now.
1: That's what I said. $67 billion is what I heard today. In order to get a green card for permanent residents or, or residents, you have to be able to show that you will not become a charge upon the public, which is what you used to have to show at Ellis Island. That is, you will not become right. a welfare dependent.
0: And how is that How is that enforced, by the way? I'm pretty sure it was on the books already,
1: and they've just been ignoring it. Um, right. We'll, we'll see if this thing
4: goes through. Obviously, the ACLU is, and all these uh, these lefties are already in court trying to stop it with right. their injunctions. And, but,
1: and all you have uh, to do is, is find one idea. Obama yeah, judge.
4: I mean, it, this, you know, because you and I know that legal immigration is... Uh, you know, well, and me and Ed are products
0: of uh, illi- of yeah, legal I'm immigration. Immigrant. I'm a legal immigrant. Yeah.
4: Well, so is my wife. But, but you know, with the fact that it comes in and it is not assimilated, right? It's it's a huge problem, and we you know we need to be able. I almost wish we could get get a a group of uh, Cuban uh, from the Cuban exile community, get a, a, a ambassador program from from your community and from Florida.
3: Into Texas and into these other communities.
0: So, you know what? We've been, we've been we're, asking we're, you guys to invite us for 35 years. You're a little bit late. Texas. <laughs> we've been asking the American people when we were 4% of the Republican Party, we were 4% no. of the Hispanic population in the Republican Party. We were begging to be heard in yeah. the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Now we're really needed, but guess Frank. what? Frank. Wet foot, dry foot has well, been in, Frank, in place Frank, for I, 25 I'm a years. Cuban
1: American. I lived in Houston until about three years ago. And I, when I was there, I was active with the Harris County Republican Party. And I'll tell you, the Mexican uh, issue is much bigger than the Cuban issue. I I, I tried to talk to them. I, in fact, I did get one of the—you're you, familiar with LULAC, right? Right. Yeah, they, I got one of their LULAC chapters to come out of the closet as conservative Republicans, and their national uh, chapters sent them a cease and desist order, and they had to do it in their individual um. capacities. So it's a racket. I mean, they're, 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 this whole thing of coming in illegally, becoming dependent on government, and then voting for progressive politicians is, is, a, is a, a Democrat racket. And Mexicans and there can't of, stand Cubans. And there, and there are a lot of uh, business, Republican businessmen, especially if they're in residential construction in grocery business, that want those illegal immigrants because they have food stamps, so they buy groceries or they're workers on residential construction. So it's a it's a Democrat and Republican bipartisan uh, conspiracy to bring in more illegal immigration.
0: Now, the big pitfall behind all that is that, you know how the census determines what parts of the United States get more representatives and right. money yeah. and uh, right. allocation. So right there, you're done. A Democratic Party will continue begging for import, like Sarah Palin would say, importing voters. Right. And unless we have a really big idea... You can kiss this country goodbye because uh, guess what? It'll be English that won't be allowed to be spoken here in just twenty-five years or so, and it's very sad because I'm I'm a Hispanic heritage, I'm uh, as American as it gets. I don't uh, I don't you know I, uh, if anything I want Cuba as a fifty-first state. No, I don't. So, uh, <laughs> uh, nobody wants that now because of uh, Puerto Rico. You know, N- yeah, nobody wants it. any of that now. Um, so yeah, maybe I, I stretched that Send one. Back. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but uh, when I gave this wall this wall idea to Kellyanne Conway, the response was Trump loved the idea, but since it can't be completed while he's president, it won't go anywhere. And guess what? He rather had the wall, a shiny wall that everybody's jumping over. Remember, you build you build a bulwark, nineteen hundred miles, and I'm talking going right up i've I've seen a videos of the entire landscape from all nineteen hundred miles. I've sat there for fifty minutes and watched the drone go the nineteen hundred miles. All that can be bulldozed everywhere there's a range we've built highways and we've built tunnels and we've built railways through larger mountains than the ones on the southern border and It really would change the way we do business with this hemisphere. And tomorrow, we have to do business with Latin America. We have to dollarize their economy. We have to have have
1: to do that. We can't do it for them.
0: Yes, we can. Because Europe is done. It's over. Europe is going Sharia. It's over. If not, the Chinese people are going to take South America from us, too. And now we're talking food lines here. People don't even realize that uh, maybe this is something that you could cover. People... uh, you need to look into um, ZEDM, the industrial zone at the Mariel Port of Mariel. It's the largest industrial park in this hemisphere, 126 square miles of industrial park. The Chinese are owed already about $6 billion in Cuba, and they are already controlling both sides of the Panama Canal in terms of uh, toll, the toll, basically the toll booth on, on the Pacific and Gulf side. Well, they're going to park themselves at Mariel, which— I don't know if you know this, but it's the second deepest port in Cuba. If they build that thing out fully in the next 50 years, you can kiss manufacturing in this country goodbye because those Cuban people are going to work their tucuses off for dollars and Americans are going to be manufacturing in Mariel's district run by a a bunch of Chinese men. It's called ZEDM. And the infrastructure is already in place, but of course there's no business because of the embargo because ships can't dock there if a ship if an american ship docks in mariel i believe they have to be floating out at sea for 10 days before they enter an american port which makes it makes it unfunctional but if americans don't start looking out the window and and start being a little bit more visionary the left is going to the left will win period they'll keep on giving away money and the dollar will be worth nothing right now the dollar's nice and strong yay to invest abroad yeah. The
4: lack of foresight of our government, our politicians, and/or they're you know being played by the global corporations. Because I mean that was uh, a, it was pretty obvious in the two early 2000s that China was coming in there and that's right. And probably back to the 80s that the Chinese were going to come in there and swoop in and and dominate that. And you know what kind what happened to the Monroe, Monroe Doctrine? You know where the uh, United States is supposed to defend both hemispheres uh, against invasion from the old world and or the eastern world. It's totally ignored now. And, you know, even Trump has done really nothing to stop Venezuela from being infested by Chinese, Russians, whoever.
0: Iranians?
1: Yeah, Persians.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of Iranians <laughs> living in Caracas. The more
1: I talk to you guys, the
4: Spending more time talking about politics. Gosh,
0: it's scary. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, over here, you know, when Sarah Palin said, I can see Russia from my window, well, Miami's understood what she was saying because uh, Cubans really affect a, a city manager, a city mayor, a, a governor, a county manager. We're affected by Cuba, period. It's involved, it's right. our local politics here, and we really are affected because anytime he makes a threat, it could easily result in 100,000 people showing up here in less than a year, you know? It just happened. And then what happens, you know, those kids have to go to school. Those, you know, we have nowhere to put them, you know. It's serious. And Americans just, they don't get it, man. They don't get that we are really surrounded by a bunch of communists inside and outside. And I don't see why Americans can't understand that the left today is no different than a communist in the 50s and 60s. They just don't have the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That's it. I mean, you the Democratic Party with you know ten generals running the uh, the three agency of the armed guard- well, you got communism, period because the the mentality's already there, you just don't have the weaponry. Thank God the generals aren't on the democratic party's side <laughs> it's it's that simple, and our parents told us this story, and we kind of looked at them with a weary eye because we were young, and now that our parents have passed away, we're staring at it blue in the face, man they just you saw how they all raised their hands in the debate. <laughs> Hey, the, who wants to give illegal immigration, illegals, uh, health care? And they all raised their hands. All of them instinctually. <laughs> Even Biden slowly raised his hand to be the last person. You know what I mean? It is what it is. And America's, he you know... still doesn't understand the question, but... Well, yeah, maybe he didn't understand the question or he was reluctant to realize that everybody he was campaigning against was for something that he necessarily thought was, uh, ludicrous.
1: Well, Frank, do you think that this, uh, group of Democrat presidential candidates can put on a, a, a reasonable campaign against Trump?
0: You know, I... What, I, I believe one could.
4: It's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that they that they have the traction they have with the rhetoric that they have. So my, you know, was it uh, P.T. Barnum that said you won't go broke underestimating the taste of the American public, yeah. and uh, you you have to start wondering about, you know, the, the indoctrination in the schools and the, and the, the level of, of ability to discern right from wrong may not be there. And so it, being promised a lot of stuff and being, you know, being told how horrible Trump is on a daily basis, it is possible that, that they can just, you know, beat their way to to the presidency i i have a feeling and i wrote a column today about this that something is going to come on this bill bar investigation of the russian you know hoax and if indeed that happens if they get something and are brave enough to actually bring charges against some of these people for the criminal conspiracy against the government and against our democracy then
0: I think that Trump will prevail relatively easily. Yeah, but I I, I I don't really so have long for
1: that. That. your feet on it. What's taken so long?
0: No, the evidence. I,
1: what's taken well, so long? For remember, a bar three. three, to do three they, won't, they won't get
4: convictions before the election, but if the story comes out, I don't know if you saw, you probably didn't see my story today. I, I posted after my column came out on Nuclear Politics, I posted a story about. Uh, uh, Patrick Byrne, the CEO of Overstock.com,
1: right. was
4: on uh, uh, Fox News this mo- Fox Business this morning. And David Asman asked him about a column Sarah Carter wrote about him, saying that he had been involved uh, with uh, a Russian lady. I won't go into the details, and that he had been investigated and been part of this process of being investigated on the Russian thing. And he sp- point blank said that. He knows for a fact that Bill Barr is going to bring charges, and he's 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 broken this thing down, and that it's it's uh, it was a political espionage against not just Trump, but even Hillary Clinton, Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. Marco Rubio. Those were the names he mentioned. Wow. that was being run by James Comey and Brennan.
1: And yeah, ultimately by back. Obama. He knows what he's talking about.
0: Okay, so but uh, is, Obama, I does that say, mean that Lynch yeah. go, Does that mean that it goes as far up to Lynch? So
1: it goes through Lynch up I to mean, Obama. I, I, wrote a, I wrote a column last week about Lynch and,
4: and the fact that, that there apparently is evidence that shows that she was basically compromised on the Hillary Clinton investigation. That didn't—I don't know how—but there's evidence out there in secret classified documents. That Lindsey Graham and a few other people have seen it shows that Loretta Lynch was probably compromised and and that's how come Comey was able to to run that game around her so if any of this stuff comes together, if it gels, then we're going to have trump for four more years I'm
0: okay but my my uh i'm not really I'm not really concerned about trump's reelection I'm concerned about how Republicans uh defend themselves in the most important other two chambers because yeah. The House and the Senate. If we teach them how to defend themselves, I don't think anybody else knows how. Well, it's called big ideas. I said that uh, about ten uh, minutes ago. I think there's going to
1: be a strong Republican wave in in the House. You wait and see. You're seeing some good candidates already coming
0: out. God bless you, I man. Ma- uh, unless unless the Congress goes totally Republican
4: again, you, you're going to be in the midst of. Definitely nothing
0: will get done right. Remember Remember, Reagan was a great president, but he didn't get anything done because he had no, no. a he Democratic would, Congress. He
1: cut taxes with a Democratic Congress. He ended up raising he defeated, taxes. He defeated and, the Soviet Union. And the Tax Reform Act of 86 was also a big victory. 81 and 86. Tax cuts. You know, Reagan made mistakes. So not,
4: you know, and right. so is Trump. Nobody's perfect. But, but we, we have to take our victories where we find them. And, you know, Trump. Through executive
1: action has done an awful lot, even without the Congress to back right. him up. Well, and his his judges, legacy will be his congr- his, his judges. judges. Yeah,
0: yeah, getting that many judges uh, saved the country, gave us at least. Uh,
1: well He's the, already he appointed more federal circuit judges than any of his the, five predecessors. The inevitable.
0: Yeah, maybe he delayed the inevitable. Yeah. Now. um uh, there was there was another issue that I wanted to uh, address, which was something classic Republicans where they shoot their wad, social wad, their virtuous wad, by taking the bait of New York and Virginia with the late term abortion and then passing abortion bans that could cost Trump, not Trump, it could cost the House to stay in Democratic hands because women uh, who are non-political, agnostic politically, you touch that issue, and they'll vote against you. Period. Uh, an abortion ban was excessive yeah, at this moment in time.
1: plenty of women who are pro-life.
0: Hmm? You think there's plenty of women, plenty or you just say more than the majority of I women? Don't I don't I believe don't. that's so. I believe Barack Obama won his re-election solely on Catholic women. How about them, the Abbott? Catholic women? Catholic women in majority okay, if voted if for— If you're going to look at it from a purely political point of view, then
4: you're probably right that it's— a ta- it's a tactic and a you know if they if they push pro-life issues really strongly then they're going to certainly arouse a lot of opposition to republicans and it could threaten a lot of marginal republican districts how about the south but, but we- but you can't look at it strictly from a political point of view you have to look at it from a moral point of view you have to look at it from a point of view of are we different than democrats or not and
0: if yeah, but I'm, we're a minority. I'm
4: putting, my, I'm putting myself in Republican, even though I'm not technically Republican, but I'm conservative, and I, and I believe in standing up for what I believe is right and not just going
0: along to get along. So you're registered independent but, then, which is the majority party. Well, Montana, you don't have to
4: register by party. You basically decide who to vote for when you go in on the primary day. Right. You can vote in either primary
0: Oh, cool. That's, that's cool for our audience. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, because our audience would probably find that very peculiar. I've heard something of that yeah, sort it once before. It's basically called an open
4: primary. And so you go in and they, they give you uh, both ballots. You go in, you get the Democrat ballot, you get the Republican ballot. You go to your little private booth and you decide which one to mark. And when you get through, you hand one of them to the person who sticks it in the uh, counting machine.
0: And so, you vote, so you're vote? you voting in both so primaries, you're saying, or no. is this the general?
4: No, you can only vote in one. Yeah, just in, pri- in the primaries, you can vote either Democrat or Republican. They give you both ballots when you walk in, and you decide which one to turn in. So,
0: oh, okay. So, you, and, and the other one... The, dis- bad
4: news, the bad news about it, I mean, it, it gives you a sense of freedom and, and, you know, ability to do whatever you want. But the bad news about it is that... A lot of times, Democrats vote in Republican primaries because in Montana, Republican primaries are actually more contested and and more interesting. And so
3: Democrats come over; they vote in the Democrat. You get the, in
0: to in to Republican to vote for, for the weaker and candidate; they, they can vote defeat for the worst candidate.
4: And so, oftentimes, we wind up with legislators who are uh, who are more like Democrats than than
0: Republicans. Yeah, that happened with Trump's early victories in. Uh in the open primaries on the Republican side, they invited uh, Democrats and Independents to vote in our Republican primaries, and Trump won in those. And they were bef- but that
1: was foreshadowing his strength in the general election. No, among Democrats. back
0: then in the early primaries, the Democrats were voting for Trump, thinking that Hillary could beat him. Oh come on! Of course. Yeah,
1: they, they, yeah typically that's what happens.
0: Yeah, of course. Nobody the thought. the
4: mo- most extreme candidates, so that they can
0: beat him. Come back and beat him later. Remember, Senator, uh, what well, was our senator?
1: George, Todd uh, Akin, uh, who was, you know, a lot of Democrats crossed the line to vote for him in the primary, and then he was a terrible candidate.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah they knew he was going to gas I, it.
4: I see that uh, in Alabama, Judge Moore is going to run again. That's another case where, you know, you make the case he's he's the best candidate from the point of view of ideas, but he's probably going to be the worst candidate in terms
0: of being able to get a Republican elected to the Senate. So, I mean, it's amazing that he could sit on the Supreme Court and none of these issues come up, and now he runs for senator, and all of a sudden he's a pedophile. That's and, the way it works. Jesus, that's unbelievable. And, and we don't have an alternative to him?
1: Yeah, Mo Brooks is good, and Tommy Turberville, former Auburn head coach, is also running.
0: Oh, that's a very good choice.
1: Alabama.
0: Yeah, man, he was a good co- he was a good coach. There you go. I'll be, uh, I'll be damned. So, uh, that's, that's all I can say is that, um, until, until the Republicans start coming up with really cool ideas, I mean, really cool ideas and kids, you know, I have a, um, I'm a pretty cool, uh, perspective on this because I have, um, I'm a, you know, I'm a product of divorce. So I have children that are 10 years apart with two different moms. So whatever mistake I made with my son, I can correct with my daughter. And, they're only interested. They're only interested in cool ideas. They don't care less about the parties. They just want really exciting, and they'll support and vote for a cool idea. And you saw Barack Obama winning on the stupid Obamacare idea, and that was a poor idea. And yet it was big enough, and his race, you know, his mixed race background, and you, he overcame that terrible name of his at a time when we were in a war on terror, and yet, and yet his idea. Uh, saw him through, and it's the saddest thing in the world to see us as a country not realizing that if we don't come up with a good idea, they're going to come up with a reform of a bad idea, and that's the end of the story and the end of this interview. <laughs> that's all I can tell you. <laughs> so I thank you very well, much for calling us. we yeah, got the next caller's waiting.
1: We'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you. Don't forget HeartlandDiaryUSA.com.
0: Repeat oh. that again. We're on the radio. Repeat everything twice. Yeah.
4: Okay, sure. Heartland Diary. Dot com that's my website I post something every day
0: thank you very much take care bye bye so there we have it and unfortunately you're 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 exceptional as my co-host mm-hmm. because the audience doesn't see it but I see it you are so ridiculous. Rolling your eyes, absolutely, of the greatest ideas ever come out of a radio Toast's head. How come they
1: haven't been implemented? Somebody's huh? bought them.
0: Uh, guess what? That is 100% your fault. <laughs> my friend. remember, I can only come up with them and I can only put it on paper. Now, if you fail to realize it, like I tell my friends, hey man, what I did with the school, it's
1: not on paper, it's on electronics, right?
0: Uh, it's only electrons, it's only online. You want to read it? TheFiscals.com. Okay. Great Wall of Will is a chapter. Get Mo so Free Zone.
1: It's getting some great editing, style editing.
0: Yes. The irony of all ironies of my book, The Fiscals, is that it's being edited by a Democrat.
1: Don't tell him who.
0: I won't say. Yeah. Because he doesn't even want to take credit for his editing. Absolutely. But I find that the, like the. the They'll the,
1: be hunting him down like in that movie.
0: Well, that means it was a bestseller. Right. Now if you all don't implement this cuz I wrote it for people 20 years between 20 and 30. I didn't okay. write it for you because yeah. I can't I can't go to the leper and try to cure leprosy.
1: Yep.
0: You know what I mean? The no. The leper is the problem. So next caller. This is WSQF 94.5 the Concrete Concert. If you're live on the radio here in South Florida, who do I have the pleasure to speak with? Hey, how are you? It's Phil Kirpin. How are you, sir? Well, I'm not doing so great. I have to share this studio with Ed Vidal, who claims to be a conservative. I'm giving him a hard time. Ten minutes later, he's liberal. (laughs) Thanks
1: for calling, Phil, because we know you're a a stout conservative because you are going to denounce the Democrats' fake health care plan.
5: Well, I mean, it's just amazing there. I've never seen people who totally agree with each other pretend to have such violent disagreement. Uh, It's a bizarre situation.
0: Sounds like liars to me. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, the whole this
5: this is the thing. The whole sort of fake debate among Democrats right now on health care is not that they want to ban private insurance and force everyone in America into a one-size-government-run health care, one-size-fits-all government-run health care. They all want to do that. Uh, Their big disagreement is how fast they want to do it and how honest they want to be about it. So you have people like Bernie Sanders. And Elizabeth Warren, who would just say, yeah, I want to ban all your uh, health insurance immediately, uh, take away the plan you have now, force you into a government plan as soon as possible. Uh, And then on the other sort of uh, end of the spectrum, you have Joe Biden saying, I would never take away your health care. We're going to build on Obamacare. We're going to give you more choices, except the more choices that he wants to give you is a government plan that would run all the private insurance out of business. And, you know, in, in 10 years later, you end up in the same place as the Bernie Sanders-Elizabeth uh, Warren plan. And then you've got the people kind of in between, people like Pete Buttigieg and, uh, and uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, who said from the debate stage, you know, I like the Biden plan as the way to get to the Bernie plan. So they just sort of like gave away the... Uh, Fact that there actually is no difference between the two except you know how fast it happens and so so, or so
1: phil what what would be your plan what would be your plan for like for example in in education milton friedman came up with school vouchers and that's a powerful uh tool so what what would you can we have health care vouchers or health savings accounts
5: well i would love the idea i would love the idea of uh sort of calling the bluff of Democrats like Joe Biden who say we want a competition between uh, the private sector and uh, government in healthcare. care. Uh, we ought to say, yes, uh, let's do that, but let's start it uh, in existing Medicare. Let's give every person who's on Medicare the choice of a voucher get the dollar equivalent of their benefit and they can go and take it and buy any insurance they want or use it directly with direct primary care doctors and use it any other way they want to and let's have an honest above board competition in in that fashion and they will never agree to that of course they want to do the opposite they want to ban medicare advantage all the democrats want to do that except uh except kamala harris who goes back and forth every other
1: day about what she wants to do on health care chameleon harris yeah, I mean she's
5: amazing. I mean she's every uh, alternate Tuesday she's Bernie Sanders, uh, and, and then every other Thursday uh, she's outraged that anyone would ever want to take away private health insurance. And uh,
0: you know Well, why would why wouldn't Ben Carson's why wouldn't Ben Carson's idea work? Sorry, what was that? Why wouldn't if we know if the government U.S. government knows how much they spend on health care in general from kids that are uninsured to adults that are that are sick and retired. If the United States government knows they're going to spend a certain amount of money on health care for the American population that doesn't have insurance, why isn't that Ben Carson's health savings account where the government matches dollar per dollar with the parent until the, until the child is of working age and then his employer matches dollar per dollar with the employee and you govern yourselves accordingly in order to save money in within your health savings account. So you pretty much impose, uh, you know, exercise on your children, uh, you know, tooth brushing, seeing the doctor regularly. You yourself have to see the doctor regularly because you have a health savings account that's being depleted if you mismanage your health care costs. Why wouldn't that work? I mean, Ben Carson spelled it out much more articulate than I did, but Health Savings Account seems to be a very legitimate option, and uh, I just have one caveat to say after I hear your comment.
5: Well, uh, I'm a huge supporter of Health Savings Accounts, and I would love to see them greatly expanded uh, so that people on Medicare could use them, so that uh, people with any kind of health plan could use them instead of them being heavily restricted the way they are now. Of course, Democrats, uh, almost all the Democrat health care bills that have been introduced repeal health like the idea of people owning and controlling their own health care dollars. They want all the decisions being made by, by politicians and bureaucrats. But I agree with you. I would love to see a major expansion of health savings accounts. I oh. think they've been uh, very, they've been very successful uh, for the limited populations that have been able to use them. And, uh, you know, I would go further than that. I mean, I think we need to get all of the money and all of the power in healthcare care out of Washington. I think that, uh, you know, we're pretty close To a bill that would have done that in September 2017, the uh, Lindsey Graham block grant bill uh, to get all the money and power out of Washington. And, you know, we never had a floor vote on that because Thad Cochran was medically absent and they were going to be short the votes, and we never had a vote on that. But I'll tell you, if Republicans are fortunate enough uh, to retain the White House and win back the House, I think, uh, you know, they've got to deliver on health care, unlike last time that they had Republican control. And really, the best model to do that. Um, is sort of the enhanced version of that block grant bill, uh, which uh, is the people at Heritage and Galen Institute and others have continued to work on. They call it the, the Health Choices Proposal, but basically the idea is to, it's sort of a double block grant because it gets all the money and the power out of Washington and into the state capitals. But the problem with that uh, by itself is. If you're in a liberal state, that doesn't do you any good. That doesn't help you if
0: you're in California or New York, because you know Albany and Sacramento are even crazier than Washington D.C. <laughs> that is so true. In this newer version of the bills, they said, "All right, we're going to send the money
5: to the states, but we're also going to have this backstop where any individual who wants to opt out of what the state does, they can get the money as a voucher instead, and mm-hmm. you know they can get it sort of uh, you know at the Directly. individual household level."
0: Okay. Now, would you would you be Would you find this to be compatible, okay, with the health savings account, would it be undermining to literally pass a law eliminating deductibles? Just flat-out, deductibles are illegal, period. End the story. And make the actuaries rerun their numbers and lie again about how ineffectual the math is.
1: Deductibles are used to give the insured person a stake in staying healthy. Because otherwise, and that is
0: a one it, grotesque lie. If you have a hundred percent, yeah, while a nation's obese and, and diabetic, no sure, it's uh,
1: it's a, it, guess. It's what a
0: you, do you hear the argument? How terrible it was! That is so lame, that's and that's the biggest problem in insurance is Every that no one wants to just make deductibles well. right. illegal
1: because there's a moral hazard. If you're a hundred, no, it isn't. Insured, there is not. You have no incentive to avoid the accident. Uh, they, avoid you have no disease. incentive
0: today to avoid the accident other than not you take care.
5: If you don't have a deductible, if you have coverage starting at the first dollar, uh, premiums are going to be much, much more expensive. Right. Uh,
3: and then
0: Guess what? That is incentive. also a lie.
5: And, and you're going to have an incentive to overutilize.
0: Uh, we know, had we had a gentleman on here.
5: you're going go to have a provider. What you want to have ideally is you want to have deductibles, uh, but you want to have a, you want to have health savings accounts that are sufficient. To cover the deductible so that if someone does have to use the whole deductible they're going to be using pre-tax dollars to do that or possibly subsidy dollars if they're low income or what have you or maybe employer contributed dollars to that hsa Uh, so they're going to have the dollars to cover the deductible from the health savings account but they're going to have that incentive if possible in any given year to stay under that deductible so that they'll be able to roll that money over and have it for the future so you want to you want people to be able to afford their deductibles you don't have the situation we have with too many obamacare plans where they're so high it's like having no coverage at all you want them to have the health savings account money to be able to cover the deductibles but you want to have the incentive for someone If they're able to avoid spending at all, uh, they'll be rewarded by being able to keep that money and roll it over into the future and own and control it. So that's, I think, the
1: the way you want it structured.
0: Yeah, and I'm very unhappy with that whole analysis. Yeah, I I don't think it's the way it is. I think it's the way that you all have— The the,
1: the problem today is that the deductibles under Obamacare are so high that it's like you don't have insurance at all. But that's your fault
0: because you give a legitimacy. those plans are not—
5: very high deductibles.
1: they're not HSA-qualified plans. Right.
5: Okay. But, you see, you guys
0: are playing within a framework where deductibles are a legitimate concept. Right,
1: because they avoid a moral hazard. That's not true. That is not true. We're back to the history of insurance policies. Oh, guess what? We were healthier back then when there weren't deductibles. Let me ask you. I mean, what what we're talking about here is the Democrats are not trying to provide health care for citizens. They're trying to control people one way or the other.
0: Yes, single-payer eliminates the deductible. Hello? Single-payer eliminates the deductible. Don't you see what they're doing? It's a single-payer. You pay once, there is no deductible. Everything's free. You walk in and you get basically what I'm saying. No. Because There's... you guys make a legitimate argument for deductible. So what the Democrats are offering? Single-payer health care, no deductible. Bill,
1: do you think that health care is going to be an issue in this presidential election and the congressional elections related to it? Oh, I think
5: it's an enormous issue. I mean, you've got a situation where um, you've got Democrats using a slogan. Medicare for all—it polls very, very popular. Uh, you tell
1: well until you, people you find out people how much that it what costs. That actually,
5: means is a doubling in the size of the federal government and the lowering of the GDP And uh, every health plan in the country is banned, and everyone's forced into a government. Now it plummets, and so the, the whole question is going to be, you know, which who who can explain their message and convey it on this issue? And uh, you know, I think that one thing we've learned about President Trump is he's very good at defining uh, messaging. and I think that uh, I, I think that the healthcare care issue is going to end up being a very strong issue for him, especially if his opponent is somebody who's um, sort of out and proud about wanting single-payer health care. Um, and, and I suspect that if it's anyone other than Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren that by election day uh, they're going to have significantly backtracked uh, from this because of it as its electoral
0: liability. Yeah, I don't think health care is going to uh, rule this election. If the Democrats come out with a single-payer candidate who wins, Trump crushes that person. I'm, again, my— that Democrats have. The other problem that Democrats now have on the health care— No, because you have the Delaney they, guy. The Democrat raised their hand and said they want to provide free health care to illegal immigrants, right. and they also want to stop enforcing the border. Yeah, they all raised their hand. They he, all raised their hand. So you put that together. You know, whatever cost
5: estimate you're looking at, whatever it is, you know— You have this idea that anyone anywhere in the world can walk across our unenforced border and get health care on the dime of the U.S. taxpayer. Uh, You know, I don't know which cost estimate you believe, but it's going to be too low.
0: Yeah, and I I can't think of a person in another country that wouldn't want to come to America. (laughs) They'd all come. Everybody. Europeans, Chinese, uh, South Americans, Latin America. They'd all flood our border just to get free stuff. I mean, it's really, it is that ludicrous. And guess what? Even though... Uh, I could say something that sounds very scandalous today in this uh, in my commentary today. But over time, if we don't change the way we're thinking about healthcare, and you guys are dead wrong about deductibles because you're going by actuarial numbers that are actuarial, meaning an actuary said it. And he's been saying it for, what, 40 years. And you say that the premium is going to go up. Well, guess what? If There is no deductible. Competition will uh, rule the day. The, the premium will have to come down because someone will, f- will pull it off. They'll just pull it off, period. And guess what?
5: Well, I think the key the key to really a, a successful health plan politically uh, is for the millions and millions of Americans, we've got a major portion of the population of this country that uses very, very little health care. Maybe it goes once a year or something like that. They get sick at an occasional checkup, something like that. The people who use very, very little health care should be paying much, much, much less than they are right now. And we've got to have a system where the people who use very little health care don't pay a whole lot, and the heavy, heavy consumers of healthcare, care, the people who need a lot of health care, if they can afford it, they're paying for it. If they can't afford it, we're subsidizing them somehow, but we're doing it in a targeted way that doesn't drive up the cost for the low utilizers. And if we could develop a system that makes healthcare care affordable, very affordable for the low utilizers, and uh, helps the high utilizers who need the help, uh, that, that'll that be a big win. And I think that's the way we need to think
3: about it. Well,
0: in my book, that's called the country Countrywide Hospital Expansion Act, where you obligate the hospital to expand to clinics 10% of their footprint, either on the footprint of their existing hospital. Of course, the hospital has to be 50,000 square feet or bigger. They have to expand by 10% every 10 years for induced Tax privileges, in other words, tax breaks, they have to create uh, basically fast-track clinics in areas that are unattended. In other words, rural areas or inner city. And these low-consumer customers that you are talking about that don't go much get to go to hospitals. And there's a price list, just like a McDonald's, in the hospital. You can see the cost and you can actually go from one to the next to the next, and you can shop around for your health care at these fast-track hospitals, since you don't use a lot of health care, because you're basically a healthy person, and separate the two health care costs. So you basically would have a membership at a hospital, and the hospital would have its fast-tracks all over town. That doesn't mean that, you know, that could mean another county. It doesn't have to be within a county. And then catastrophic care would be Still no deductibles, but it would be a premium-based health care plan for catastrophic...
1: That's a big bureaucracy. Uh, it's right an now is a big r- bureaucracy. A hospitals, are one of the most, hospitals are a very expensive setting to provide primary care. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I would like to see...
5: I, i'm not sure that i would like to and the other problem with using hospitals is they have enormous political power and so they end up demanding higher prices and getting the politicians to go along with it because they're big employers and everything like that
1: and so i'm a little bit yeah
0: yeah but at the, the same time they they'd
1: like to see no. us try to bring back and here in flor in the state of florida the and stuff like that. in the state of Florida hospitals until very recently had the right to bar other hospital beds. not anymore opening. not anymore but that's okay well issue.
0: that imagine that
1: need used to be required so they have a lot of ways to stop and create barriers to entry. So it might be. But you just
0: you just admitted that they, they, they passed a the law.
1: Tell you in other states they. Still well, do. you
0: you got to start they, making that Illinois, law they passed they in do. other states. I
1: agree, but I think it's it's uh, better to, to focus on giving individuals the right to choose between different places than try to do. that. Yeah, like, but
0: you have to have more places to go to? That's all. So.
1: If if the individuals have the money and the vouchers, then. The providers will have to organize themselves to please the consumers,
0: right?
3: And which means more facilities. Do.
0: How do you get more hospital facilities built? Not in your look,
1: necessarily hospitals. You, a lot of the good look. You, when you cut your hand, you didn't go to a hospital. You went to one of these uh, uh, fast track clinics. Yeah, fast track, and they
0: operated on me. There yes. You go. Well, guess what? That could have easily have been a subsidiary no, of not Baptist Hospital.
1: because those hospitals they want everyone into their big building. Yeah, Phil. He, uh, Manny cut his hand a couple of times, and he went wound up going to one of these MD Now or something like that.
0: It was a fast track. Uh, the uh, fast track. Uh, and he got very good service. Absolutely, got uh, I got excellent VIP think that's, service. An example of the way to go. And they, you know, they saved my nerves. I was able to get operated within 20 minutes of the injury. I walked in there myself. Of course, it was a hand. It wasn't, you know, a major artery or anything. But, man, I was going to lose. Uh, I'm diabetic, so extremities that are not attended to could turn into disasters. And I had to keep the feelings of my index finger in my thumb because I could feel that I didn't feel them. And these, were, and were, these people not, sewed me up. So you did not go to a hospital. You went to one of these no, clinics. No, I made the mistake of going to the hospital. And they sent, and they to, they sent me to the fast-track clinic because they were having tough time uh uh, I guess because of my uh, metformin, they were having a tough time coagulating my blood. So they sent me to fast track, people. That's amazing. And I, I ended up coming back to my neighborhood. <laughs> in other words, I went out. Uh, we live on an island here. I don't know if you're familiar with Nixon's Key Biscayne. You're familiar with Key Biscayne, correct? Uh, I'm really not, sorry. Yeah, when Reagan had a winter White House here during his presidency, it was here in Key Biscayne, yeah. the island of Key Biscayne. Well, we have to go six miles to Miami, for our hospital that literally is and on the bay. And they sent you back to the island. And they sent me back to Quesqueen to get right. stitched well, up. that's a good sign. <laughs> Pretty incredible. But, uh, yeah, they, they did it perfect. But that's exactly why I like my idea, because it forces the hospital to expand these fast tracks so that Don't every ne- hospital. hospital. Huh? You are a conservative. Huh?
1: Don't uh, push—
0: No, I'm giving ca- tax breaks away. Yeah, I like, I'll say this about your idea. I definitely like that you're focusing on the supply side. Yes. Um,
5: Government health care plans with Obamacare and all this other stuff is, you know, they, they try to just force subsidies in on the demand side, uh, which really just drives up prices. If that's right. Any more providers. And uh, that's the, you know, I think that if we do want to have. Uh, you know, more interventions in the market, and I'm not sure we do
1: necessarily. No, we, we don't. If we do, I think the supply side is the right place to focus. Yes. We're never going to drive down prices
0: unless you have more providers. There you go. So why are you guys arguing with me? More providers, yes. Why are you guys well, arguing with me? I won't that, and I think, you know, we've got to, I, the one thing that I
5: really think probably we could all agree on is uh, we've got to crack down on uh, the, uh, the malpractice lawsuits and get those uh, malpractice Yes,
1: next week and, we're having you know, uh, somebody call have in. have that and some have not. Yeah. Next week, we're having someone call in on Florida litigation reform, and malpractice will be part of it.
0: Well, um, yeah, uh, if if we just think outside the box, and I'm, um, you know— our...
1: That's a big part of Texas. In Texas, they had uh, tort reform, and that's really helped their medical industry, including all these clinics uh, all over the place.
0: Yeah, but they didn't get rid of deductibles.
1: Well— forget
0: that it's funny because the actuaries who do the math and right. legitimize it's not just
1: actuaries
0: yeah that moral hazard is illegitimate totally yeah. illegitimate
1: phil Phil do you think that uh, uh, tort reform is a big issue in cutting back medical costs um, it's a it's not you know it's
5: not a top Level issue, but it is a significant one, okay. and uh, it it should be part of any serious bill to try to make healthcare more affordable and accessible. And particularly, it's important because uh, there are some specialties, you know, like like you know, OB GYNs, where right. uh, the malpractice insurance is so prohibitive, that right. it, it causes people not to choose that specialty, right? The medical right. bills and also, the the ana- shortages
1: as a consequence. Anesthesiologists, that's another that's one. Another one, yeah.
0: Now, also, how about the streamlining the uh, drug approval process so yeah. that the drugs don't cost so much because they they no, go part oh, the very, FDA. That
1: would be very welcome. Look, the average
5: price of getting a new drug to market in this country is now two point six billion dollars.
0: Unbelievable. What
1: do you think of these plans?
0: To, and then they have maybe, to recall them anyway. Yeah.
1: What do you think of these plans? Yeah, sometimes, to, yeah. What do you think of these plans? Like Florida now has a plan to import drugs from Canada.
0: That at would lower do it. Prices. That would do it. Great competition. I, I don't, I don't,
5: I don't like that plan. Let me tell you why. Because uh, to me, that violates the patent of the drug company uh, that developed it, that spent that $2.6 billion. Now, when you get a patent, when you spend all that money, when you develop something new, uh, you get the exclusive right to sell it and to set the price, to make back that money and uh, you know to offer a return on capital. And the, this idea of buying from other countries where they've sold at a lower price for various policy reasons and so forth, you're basically forcing a company to compete with its own product at below the price uh, that they have the right to set under their patent. And if you do that, um, you're going to create a disincentive to do that R&D. And you know, I don't right. think you're going to get the prices down in a good way unless you make it less expensive to develop new drugs. Because if you try to use these gimmicks, say we're going to buy imported or we're going to put a price control on or whatever it might be,
1: uh, and it still costs that much to develop a drug, well,
0: you know, the next big blockbuster drug is not going to get developed. Because okay, because so then we're, we're back to FDA. Yeah,
1: the, uh, the FDA has become a real barrier to entry for new drugs. That's the, that's the number
0: one problem. And, there, and there's no guarantee that that the drugs that are coming out are any safer just because the FDA took a a microscopic look at something and they just obviously are just as flawed for years and years and years and uh, and you're right sometimes it's not sometimes they don't even get it right it reminds me of the uh, FICO score for credit you know we have this FICO score we have these three credit bureaus and they haven't they haven't been able to eliminate the the leakage they haven't been able to eliminate the insecurity for the the lender or the creditor and the banks are still going under, and yet we still have a credit bureau. And the credit bureau hasn't guaranteed the credit worthiness of the American people or the banks.
1: Well, that's like the rating bond rating agencies, Fitch, Standard & Poor's.
0: It's all a racket. Rats, it's right. a racket. The whole thing's a racket.
1: The mortgage-backed
5: securities were the safest investment in history. Right.
0: Yes, he's, we're all running games, so why can't I get you guys to just ban deductibles? It's all a racket.
1: No, no, no. Deductibles have been part of insurance policies since,
0: and it's it's been the and it's been the problem. Phoenicians, okay, since the Phoenicians, you went that far back. That was that was. They
1: were insuring. They and the Greeks that were insuring uh, trips in the Mediterranean. Same thing with Venice. Same thing with uh, Lloyd's coffee shop in London in the 1600s. Amsterdam, same thing. They all said, "If we're going to insure you, you got to have some skin in the game." Because if, if you don't have a deductible, then you have no. Your skin in
0: the game is the premium, for Christ's sake. No,
1: no, that's gone. You paid that. What do you mean? Why that's is that gone? gone? You paid that. You paid it. It's, what are you? Some you kind pay, of fascist? You take the ship out, and if you have hundred percent. How about the stuff you're shipping? You're a lot less you lose that stuff too. That that's part of it too.
0: Oh my God! Yep, you guys yep, are you guys are unbearable Bolsheviks. I'm surrounded by no, Bolsheviks. No, no.
1: Capitalist historians.
0: Capitalistic story, as if deductibles are a legitimate reason for anything.
1: Uh, Phil, where are you based?
5: Right in the heart of uh, evil, Washington, D.C.
1: Oh, my God, the swamp. Leningrad. What is the name of that organization that you're affiliated with? I saw from your email.
0: It's American Commitment.
1: American Uh, Commitment. What is
3: that?
5: uh, We're a national free market advocacy group. We work on all of the fiscal, economic, and regulatory issues, and we try to... Um, we try to pick issues that are on the margin where people can make a difference. And uh, we, we've got a lot of form letters you can send into Congress or into the White House or different regulatory agencies. And uh, you can edit them. And we always make sure they get delivered. And we try to make it easy for people to know what's happening on the economic issues and to be sort of more active, engaged citizens. And uh, all our stuff is on the website at AmericanCommitment.org.
0: Is it a membership-based organization or a think tank-based
5: it's kind of in between, I guess. I mean, you, we want people to join, get on our list, take actions, and so forth. But uh, there's no, there's no cost to join. Of course, people could donate should they wish to do so. But we, uh, we, we're very substantive. We're policy focused. But we're not doing original research. We're not doing 20 and 30 page papers. Everything is sort of short, direct, and to the point, six hundred 600 word column, 200 word action alert email, that kind of stuff. We want to get you the facts and the information that you need to be you know, a more effective engaged citizen on the economic
0: issues. Okay, so you're basically analyzing the economic think tanks. You're you're telling your listener or audience, your captive audience, you're basically saying, "Look, this 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 information that's being presented to you is not as accurate as this information." You know, in other words, you decipher well, between I'm down so you don't need to read that 30-page paper. Oh, so you're so yeah, you're a of Okay, cool. So That's
1: very practical. That's good to know.
0: Yeah, in other words, so you take a, a white paper and turn it into a paragraph.
1: Yes. That's, Americancommitment.org.
0: That's very that's, cool. Our audience is definitely going to appreciate that. Yeah, because, yes. you know, in other words, you're the cliff notes for the think tanks. Yeah, Be- that's, that's, that's how, what we try to do, exactly. Now, do you discredit some think tanks that are completely uh, full of it? Uh, sometimes, although, you know, all the nonsense that comes
5: out of the left these days is so crazy, there's almost no point in even dealing it. I mean, just stay. Uh, off the wall, with you know, they're they're uh, basically gone around the bend with some of this socialist stuff, and so uh,
3: you know we we
5: we deal we respond to the stuff that is a real threat that might actually pass that might actually happen, but a lot of the material coming out these days is so crazy that. Uh,
0: well, why is it that the people in your genre or in your industry of analysis, why isn't are you reluctant to show the actual time capsule the timeline? of when single-payer started developing in the late 70s in the U.K. and in France and show how it drove down the GDP of each nation as it got farther farther yeah, involved in single-payer.
1: The in England is a mess. That's
0: okay, but why enough. is it that we yeah, are not...
5: Well, I mean, it, that, that's kind of a complicated analysis to do because it's hard to disentangle from a lot of the other things that are happening at the same
0: time. It's because of their open borders and all the countries. Oh, the
5: other the big things. point of departure for most... Of countries when government uh, became much larger and when uh, they, their growth slowed is when they adopted value-added taxes. Right. Uh, now, you could say that with the finance, the expansion of their government health care systems. So That's you, exactly what it was. It might be connected, but uh, they, they, it, it, you know, it's hard to identify any one thing as the reason we've had stronger economic growth in a lot of these other countries in the long term. Uh, there have been a lot of factors, but unfortunately... Uh, I think in many policy areas we've been following the same mistakes of a lot of other countries and certainly you know, having the government totally take over the health sector.
0: And if we do it, we're going to have a value-added tax see, as well.
3: The
5: Bernie Sanders bill is much more radical than almost any other country in terms of you know, the total government takeover. Most countries have a significant private sector role. Uh, you know, Canada, for instance um, – They've got you know private sector insurance for, for pharmaceuticals. They've got private sector insurance, uh, you know, for a lot of aspects of their system. Uh, so it's much less socialized than what Bernie Sanders is proposing, It's kind of interesting. He always talks about how great the Canadian system is, and of course
0: the wait times are are unbearable. Though very
5: lengthy
1: waiting lists. Yeah, that's why they Even come to the America. Medicare is pretty good. You often wait a long time to get in
0: to see somebody. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, people don't realize that you're, you're under the gun when you have cancer. I mean, if you wait yeah. three hour, three months for an MRI, your well, cancer could have spread throughout nope, your body. The, the
1: mainstream media has not reported the government of Finland uh, went under last week. They were having to have new elections because the cost of health care is out of control. And before that, they had tried universal basic income and they had to give up on that. So check out the government of Finland last week to see what happened there.
0: And their alcoholism rate and their suicide rate and all that. these other things.
1: I don't know. Yeah. And by the way, you know, almost no
5: country in the world does what the Democrats want with unlimited free health care for aliens. So why do you think?
1: Why do you think they're and trying France to do that?
5: Does. That's the only major country I can think of, and it's been very expensive for them. But um,
1: why do you think No other does that. Why do you think they're so emboldened?
0: Because they can win.
5: Because they think so many people hate President Trump that they can let their freak flag fly and
3: show their true socialist intentions and and the win anyway.
0: And that's a, that's a beautiful statement. statement. Can you repeat that exactly how you said that your your freak flag fly? I love it. Yeah, exactly. They you're,
5: think that everyone hates Trump because they everyone they know does,
1: so they think they have it in the bag.
0: Well, uh, it's going to be a sad day in hell when he wins re-election. And the house is still in Pelosi's hands.
1: I think the house. There's good opportunities for Republicans if they have the courage to go and. Yeah, but we
0: up. have 25 people up for re-election in the Senate, my friend, and that's and not going to. They'll gonna...
1: be fine. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll be 30, fine, just because you said so. One congressional districts with Democrats that Trump won. There's okay. A huge opportunity.
0: All right. So um, remember, Americans, we've only in the last 100 years the the GDP, GO, sorry, G, the GOP, the Grand Old Party, which I want to change to the Grand Party, take out the old, have only had one filibuster-proof Senate, and they've had eleven since nineteen eleven.
1: Yep, forget the filibuster. If this
0: is their Get fault, we've got political Stockholm syndrome, and they got bipolar, political bipolar disorder. And until we realize that, we have no ideas. Perfect example was not doing the Obamacare that you said correctly earlier in our show and we didn't do we had the house and we took that for granted like we've always had the house
1: yeah they we the republicans should have repealed obamacare and right then and there out. well thank you well That's paul ryan rhino
0: rhino ryan and mccain with his thumbs down
1: yeah phil i mean you, you you're following the health care debate why didn't the republicans have a plan ready when they won the house and the senate and the presidency
5: no, the best answer I thought of that was it uh, was Senator from Pennsylvania Pat Toomey was asked by a reporter why why don't you guys have a plan ready to go, and you know what he said? He said because uh, no, we never thought Donald Trump would win, it would be <laughs> Hillary, so we didn't need a plan.
0: Unbelievable! That's, That's disgusting. That is true. It probably is very true. Well, I get to I get to be on record on election day, predicting that Donald Trump would win 38 states, and I was uh, he won 34. Yeah.
3: I had, I had no idea. But I,
0: I knew he was going to win, and I said it. And if you look at the time stamp on YouTube of the channel. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you,
3: you would think that
1: after.
0: Time out. When yeah. I said it, we had just lost Dade, Broward, and Monroe County, my right. own town, and yet I still said well, he was going to win. The,
1: the panhandle came
0: in. Yeah, the panhandle and the 60-40 Cuban-American vote. Yep, And that's why he credited us for winning Florida for him, because yep. although he lost these, these two counties, we were 60-40 still for Republicans, which mm-hmm. is after Wet Foot, Dry Foot that Clinton passed in 94, we've been losing, I don't know if you know this, but when Clinton passed Wet Foot, Dry Foot in 94, the new Cubans are have become economic refugees overnight. Welfare dependent. Yeah. Welfare dependent, just like a Mexican or, or Puerto Rican or anybody like that. Well, I shouldn't use Puerto Rican because they're Americans. No. But, you know, Central American immigration. And we've been losing Cuban-American vote since 1994. We're talking about 25,000 people coming in every year, plus another 25,000 coming over the border and on rafts. And we're talking a 1,250,000 people. Huh? And they're all voting Democrat? They're all voting Democrat. And now their kids, are re- now they've reproduced. Yep. So now there's even more to the tune of 1.25 million people. Even the new out-and-proud socialist Democrats, they want to do that to this country after where they just came from? Absolutely. have no idea. No change. Uh, they have no freaking idea... What the liberty is, what the War of Independence was about, what the Civil War was about, they don't know anything. There's a video of Barack Obama getting out of his car in Havana. It was a rainy night. I mean, sorry, rainy afternoon. He's going into the the Grand Cathedral in Havana, and there's people screaming from balconies, oh my God, he's black, he's black, he's black. The President of the United States is black. Holy moly. They didn't know he was black until they saw him coming out of his limousine. Think about that for a moment. They heard Barack Hussein Obama. They've been. They they thought
1: have, he was
0: Arab. Yeah, they probably thought he was uh, you know Arab. dark dark Arab Middle Muslim. Eastern. But when they said when he came out and he was a black man, they they were shouting. You can hear it in the streets. Oh my God, he's black! He's black! He's black! And uh, and remember, we don't have the the Cuban Americans and the Cuban the Cubans per se don't have that racial tension. That occurs here in the United States. Blacks call themselves blacks. Blacks actually call themselves that ugly name in Spanish, and there is no racial divide in Cuba. There is not. There isn't no conflict between the black and the white. Um, and it's furthermore under communism, it's even more. It's even more uh, uh, transparent because the intermarriage, racial intermarriage, is almost fifty percent of the population is intermarried between black and white. Just out of uh, I don't know what's love got to do with it. It's The communism does that; it skews the line, so there aren't any really social mores in any, in any capacity, in, in any in any form. So, but Cuba, you know, uh, liberated the, the the slaves almost 16 years before the United States. Uh, they had unemployment compensation about eight years before the states. And uh, Ed is uh, go ahead, speak your mind. This is radio. If you disagree with me, I'll, I'll prove it on the air. Go ahead, tell me.
1: U.S. freed the slaves in 1865. In 1868, there were still slaves in Cuba.
0: There's still slaves in the United States now. Well, that's different. Ah, that's what you're, thing. no, but that's what you're implying. No, no. It was, uh, uh, sl- slaves were abolished in Cuba. I mean, slavery was abolished in Cuba. You said uh, 1860- 1868. Huh? Eight. In
1: 1868? earliest. What, what the earliest.
0: In Cuba or the United States? Cuba. At the earliest, what, formally? That's not true. What well, you nice. just said was not true. All
1: right. We'll work it out. This we'll night. work it out in another, in another yeah. show. Yeah, we'll work it out on the show.
0: Yeah, because you know what? I'm going to have a show about this tomorrow. You have to come back. So I'd like to thank you for calling us. And uh, I'm really um, happy to say that uh, it's been enlightening.
1: Yeah, thank you. This is All a right, big issue. Have Healthcare. Bye bye. Thank you.
0: Okay, we got to find a way for this organization to study.
1: Ended In 1865, after the Civil War in America, in 1868, a Civil War started out in, in Cuba. And the first thing the guy who declared the Civil War, Carlos Manuel de Céspedes, did was free his slaves. So he still had slaves.
0: Okay, but that, his personal slaves... I'm talking about when did you abolish? When did when did we abolish? Who Sorry, now I can't say we when I'm not a we. I was not born in Cuba, so I can't say we. When, when did Cubans abolished? abolish slavery by by government America. decree? Not by how many no. people? Someone still owned? No, no, no. Because no. you could get away not, with slavery not
1: in America, not not in Cuba. There were still slaves after the U.S.
0: Okay, so you're saying that after Civil War?
1: Yes, there were still slaves in Cuba. Okay, but. And there were slaves in Brazil until 1886.
0: All right, let's do this number again because you're, I'm going I'm, 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 to. I'm, 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 since God this is recorded,
1: freed his slaves.
0: What does that have to do with whether it was slaves. legal or not?
1: That he wouldn't be able to have them if it weren't legal to have slaves.
0: In other words, he because he was a, a public figure, everybody knew who he was. You he know, couldn't he, possibly he was get away a with slave it.
1: owner, a plantation owner in away. And he declared uh, independence against Spain, started a ten-year civil war, and commenced first, it. Yeah, and the first thing he did was free the slaves. Oh, his, his own, own slaves. personal slaves. Yeah, because he didn't, he couldn't free others, and they had a, a, a very tough guerrilla war for ten years, and eventually. That
0: was the war of the Mambises.
1: Yeah, the Mambises were there, and then started up again in the 1890s.
0: Started up again uh, in the
1: 1890s. So, in 1868 to 78. It was a guerrilla war in Cuba against the Spanish.
0: Okay, and this, you're saying that the Spanish uh, acknowledged slavery up until that point? Until
1: then, there was still slavery. I'm not sure when it was ended by law. It was Spain, would have. That's my point. It was still there after the U.S.,
0: after our Civil War. Yes, in
1: 1865, slavery became illegal in America.
0: Oh, as a result of the Fifteenth Amendment.
1: As a result of the Civil War.
0: No, because we had to pass the amendments. Remember, yeah, we had the, to replace the senators. The, and The him?
1: Union soldiers freed all the slaves wherever they were, even before the amendment was passed. The amendment confirmed what was already a fact.
0: Okay, now I want you to I want you to keep on talking for uh, seven minutes.
1: Well, we got Allen Levinson coming up with the trial of the year in 1800.
0: I remember, this has been recorded. So when I come back and slam you left and right about slavery in Cuba, you're gonna. Alexander what are you Hamilton gonna say? Alexander
1: and Aaron Burr were teaming up.
0: You're gonna have to call. You're gonna have to call the despicable family here.
1: I know. I met one of them uh, Saturday morning. I think.
0: And that's where you got ref- that refresher course. 1868. Wait, do you see what's coming your way?
1: Okay. 18 we we'll, we'll have to have a Cuba history uh, program.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, did you know that the unemployment compensation and vocational training I came from the 1940 like, Cuban 1940. Constitution put in place here in the late, in 67 or 68 in this so country? it was in
1: the Constitution? That tells you what a terrible Constitution <coughs> it is to have those kinds of details in the Constitution. The you American couldn't fire
0: a Cuban employee back in 1940. The
1: American Constitution doesn't have all those positive rights.
0: Okay, and but... That's
1: part of why the American Constitution is better.
0: I, that is without question. They kept it simple, stupid. Yes. 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 Yeah, the American Constitution is it's, beautiful because it's a negative document negative limiting rights, not negative, negative rights.
1: rights. Latin American Constitution, are full of all these positive rights. In part, that, that reflects the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights in 1948 and it is a big problem because they have all these rights that you have like you have a right to health care you have a right to this and that
0: so that's where bernie sanders got it from
1: absolutely well it's both things go together i mean it goes back to uh the communist uh revolution into russia all these the socialist movement in europe started in the 1880s at least so bismarck was the started the the welfare state in the 1880s in Germany.
0: who hyperinflation coming right well, up. that in... was
1: even before hyperinflation. So uh, all these things go back a long way, and the fact that uh, things like uh, labor uh, relations are in the Constitution is a minus. It's a, a sign of the deficiency of that Constitution. Absolutely.
0: Uh, there I tend to agree with you 100%. Yep.
1: In fact, I had a talk about the differences between the natural rights that are recognized in the U.S. Constitution and and also uh, acknowledged in the Declaration of Independence and here it is, human rights, so-called human rights from the United Nations, which has all these positive rights, the right to democracy, workers' rights. Oh, I can see
0: how they're applying that.
1: Social security. I mean, it's just uh, the right to food and shelter for all. The right to play, the right to... Well, oh, that's education. why the public schools
0: are, are trying to expand
1: The right to a fair and free world. This is all the United Nations.
0: Yeah, they definitely need to be evicted. And we have to... And the United States government should take the time to build them a beautiful building in Baghdad.
1: Send them somewhere else. Yes, I agree. Turn that <laughs> to uh, condominiums on the east side. Yeah,
0: I agree. yeah. Uh, remember when Trump came into the United Nations and says, you know, I have a building around here. This building, is, you know, this building has great value, and, and then he gave that great speech later that yeah, afternoon. that was a good speech. They, things are not working here. Uh, the left will say it's because socialism wasn't implemented uh, rightly. I'm here to tell you that socialism doesn't right. work because it was implemented perfectly.
1: Right, in Venezuela, absolutely. Yeah. That it's was a good speech.
0: Very good speech. I think it was the highlight of his uh, presidency. I don't know about that. I do. I do. I do think it was because he's.
1: Okay, so you need, before you go, you need to look up a couple of history lessons. Number one, who freed the slaves sooner? history of slavery in Cuba.
0: Well, that is much longer than the United States.
1: Right. And then uh, the other thing is you have to go back and read up on uh, deductibles. Deductibles are an attempt to deal with the problem of. I'm just answers.
0: telling you, I'm if not disputing. I'm not insurance. disputing the theory behind deductibles. When it comes to healthcare, I'm not talking about property, and I'm not talking about shipping, the obvious. Shipping. I'm, not, I'm excluding that because that is a material good that doesn't okay, get sick so per se. Okay. I have for healthcare, where people's health is a moving target, some people have diabetes, some so you people don't
1: create an incentive to keep healthy. And that's why that is, is a big, does.
0: disgusting lie, because it's yeah, not true. Yeah, if that absolutely. were true, then the insured population would be healthy, and, and we're Hyman not.
1: I was talking to you about that. When he called in, he's a scholar at the Cato Institute and in Georgetown Law School. And so I argued on it
0: on the then, page. too. And you guys were wrong then, too. Yeah, Nothing's changed. Deductible's the problem in insurance, because it's a racket. Why? Because the premiums go up, and deductibles don't go down. And that's where well, you guys what you
1: are need is more competition and that's what uh, Phil Kerpen Guess what? The, the company training.
0: imagine the healthcare company who goes out and say no deductibles and our comparable premiums.
1: Manny you should start that company.
0: I would love to. If I had that kind of bank, there I would I would, talk, your, talk I would need your I would need your Texan oil money guys.
1: Get get some
3: investment.
0: All right, we're and gonna bail on this program. It's obviously what I predicted in the beginning of this program that you've changed. So going, hanging out in California has done something to you. Loan I don't prepared. know what Katrina... Saying,
1: you know, Camilo Cienfuegos was not a communist. That's why he was killed by Fidel Castro. That is but so...
0: That You I are... Que clase de CNN, mentiroso. Anybody who has CNN... He was the most of, communist, no. and he was more popular than Fidel. That's right. why he killed him. Because he, era comunista he, de verdad. That has
1: CNN on instead of Fox or Fox Business... Yeah, I need to do back... I need to, I need to,
0: I need to debate these people. Get,
1: all right, get, get, I think
0: that should be Adam Levinson. So this ends the Concrete Conservatives show. Stay free, my friends. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQF, radio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube, Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.